This morning is the second Sunday in the season of Lent. Um, you have been invited last week to journey this Lenten season um, with water as the symbol of God's grace in your life and in the world. Last week we began on the moon where there is no water. And the dust of Ash Wednesday, still the residue on our foreheads, um, to consider that where there is no water, there is no life. But seeking out water, seeking out grace, is the source of our life with God. So I'd like to read to you this morning from Luke's Gospel, the 13th chapter, where we find a characteristic of water in Jesus' response to being put under pressure by King Herod. Luke chapter 13, beginning at the 31st verse. At that very hour, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod is going to kill you. Jesus said to him, said to them, you go and tell that fox for me, listen, I'm causing, casting out demons, I'm performing cures, and tomorrow I will do that, and on the third day as well, until I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are set to her. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In, uh, in this passage, you heard Jesus um, practice a discipline that is perhaps one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that the Hebrew religion has offered to the world. Uh, there are many world religions that, that, that have many strengths and many beautiful characteristics and, and um, demonstrations. But perhaps one of the greatest contributions of the Hebrew religion to the spiritual lives of human beings is the tradition of lamentation. Lamentation is a big Old Testament word that means to weep or the public display of regret. Um, lamentation is not something that doesn't really come naturally to people. We, we like to kind of hide our regret, hide our weakness, hide our hurt. We like to say we have it all together. And so this idea that weeping in public is, is often by many cultures seen as a weakness. And yet the Hebrews have offered the world a glimpse of the beauty of this gift of God, the ability to lament. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet. The weeping prophet for his love of the people of Israel and their potential and what they could be and their beauty 
unrealized caused him to weep. And so he lamented. He, he wrote, oh, or he said, oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears as I weep for my people. And so uh, Jeremiah's willingness to be a prophet who out loud cries for that which he longs for and that which he sees unaccomplished. Jesus uh, follows in that tradition in this passage where he weeps, he laments over Jerusalem. Let me read it to you again and hear it as if you're listening to someone who is weeping. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood and you would not. See, your house is left to you and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus channels Jeremiah. He publicly weeps and mourns for that which he loves, Jerusalem and all that it means. And, and he retorted to Herod saying, I'm not, Herod's not going to kill me because I'm going to die in Jerusalem where the rest of the prophets die. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. <clears throat> Weeping, lamenting is a very, very amazing way to... Um, be in conversation with things that you don't agree with or that hurt you or that feel like they're lashing out at you. I grew up across the river from Washington, D.C. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big student of history, especially the colonial era, era and the whole idea of these people trying to break away from under the foot of an oppressor and they got together with with all these high-minded words and ideals about liberty and freedom. And we're, we're on the receiving end of those founding fathers and the words that they wrote about how we could live together without the tyranny of a king. And we're still at it. And it was pretty impressive stuff that they did up there in Philadelphia. But I grew up across the river from Washington, D.C., some 200 years after all that high-minded language in Philadelphia. And, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read about the things that go on in Washington, D.C., and the way our democracy has evolved into this bureaucratic mire that's hard to even comprehend, I, some, I sometimes want to weep. Oh, Washington, Washington, what high hopes I had for you and for liberty, with what promise you began this democratic experiment, and now look how you have squandered your blessings. Oh, Washington. Oh, Washington. Now what I'll point out to you is how lamenting is very different from going, Washington, you're just a bunch of scandalous, you know, corrupt, right lamenting is is an admission that it's not really what you're going to do to fix it ultimately it all lies in God's hands and you lament you weep 
for the things that you love, that you long, would live up to their expectations. And yet, what we know as human beings is anything we make will not live up to our expectations because we're not God. Perhaps one day someone will write a lament for the United Methodist Church. Uh, you know, not that we haven't been through ups and downs through, through the years and through the centuries, just like the entire Christian church. But maybe it would go something like this. Oh, Methodists, oh, Methodists. What passion and zeal you once showed around the world for the poor and the marginalized. What vitality you once had for singing and worship and service. But you got caught up in doctrine and piety and self-righteousness. How I long for your unity, your togetherness, and your connectedness. Oh, Methodists, oh, Methodists. Lamenting is, is a godly way to respond to the pressures of this world. Because when pressure comes, you're going to respond. Okay? You know this in your families. You know this at work. You know this in your schools. You know this in the community. It's the same in the church. It's the same in the government. People respond when something is amiss, when something goes wrong, when something doesn't live up to its expectations, when something is under pressure. There's a response. When, when, the, when the love and the grace of God that Jesus had for Jerusalem was under pressure, Jesus wept. Tears came out of his eyes. Water does the same thing in this Lenten season as we're kind of exploring the characteristics of what water does, let's look at water under pressure. No? Yes. Our house gets water from an artesian well, um, which is a kind of well that as soon as you drill into the ground, the water just starts flowing on its own. You don't have to pump it. I'm going to collect some of the uh, water from our well over here. Um, and then in a second, we'll go and look at the overflow. This is the overflow from our artesian well. Uh, it runs constantly, day and night, in all weather and all seasons. Um, that's, that's how much water comes out. Uh, it runs from the well up that way down and it spills out into the lake. Pretty cool. I'm learning a lot about uh, this congregation's relationship with water through this uh, Lenten um, uh, season and the videos people have taken. That was the DeVore family who discovered an artesian well on their property. Now artesian wells are kind of neat uh, where most of us have to dig a well and we, we drop a pump down there and turn on the electricity. Now when you think of the last time you wept okay Weeping is a powerful, a powerful spiritual discipline. Lamentation is what the Hebrews called it. To be a people who know how to weep, who know how to lament, who know what it is to embrace and acknowledge the brokenness and the hurt and the grief and the pain that we feel, we acknowledge it, and, and, but rather than turn and lash out and point out what's wrong, we say, oh, church... And we weep. We lament. 
It is a godly discipline of confession and regret and sympathy and pain and grief and sorrow, and it is expressed through water coming out of our eyes like an artesian well, like old faithful. It's not a bad thing. It's a powerful thing. And church, would you lament, would you weep for the things you love, for the people you love? One of the things the psalmists are, are very um, apt to say is, is they, they will write about weeping. There's many psalms of lament where the psalmists are weeping. But almost all the psalms of lament sort of end by, by saying in one way or another, but your weeping will cease. You can't weep forever. I don't, I've been around a lot of people who grieve, a lot of people in pain, a lot of people with regret, a lot of people with remorse, and there is weeping, but you can't weep all day the steer the tears stop coming at a certain point the sorrow ends and what you are left with is an opportunity for grace to come in so if you think about your lamentations your weeping your grief your sorrow your pain in your life the scriptures tell us that you can't stay there as long as there is the power of God's love and grace in the world, it's going to come in. The weeping doesn't last forever. Um, instead, while lamenting is an in invitation to practice a spiritual discipline of weeping, of regret, of remorse, of lamentation, uh, the final characteristic of water under pressure, which the psalmists all tell us about, is water under pressure also has another name. It's called steam. Now we know in the industrial age that steam is the source of great power. Uh, old faithful is steam. It's that power that can't be stopped. It's the power that generates the energy and the resolve to move forward, to live another day. You don't weep forever because the day comes when the tears won't come and you move into resolve. You choose to live. Jesus' lament turned his face to Jerusalem and he knew he had something to accomplish there and the tears turned into resolve. They turned into steam and power and inspiration and energy to do the hard thing that awaited him. So church, um, when we face challenges, when you face challenges and you want to grieve and you have sorrow, will you accept that as a gift from God to lament, but also accept that the gift of God's grace is more powerful than lamentation? Love and power and resolve and grace will call you to live another day to see what God has in store because in the end it is not about what you accomplish but it is about being a part of what God is accomplishing in this powerful thing we call water under pressure. Amen.